Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. So we're going to review really quick a few of our big ideas from the month. The first one was that Jesus came and brought good news to the world, that everything was going to change, that he was going to fix it all, and that from this point forward, nothing was, was going to stay the same. Number two, Jesus came to bring joy to the world. Because let's face it, we need something that outlasts happiness, right? And joy can take us through absolutely anything and everything we experience. And that's the way God intended it to. So he came to bring joy to this world. And third, he came to bring peace to the world. Because heaven knows we need it. Yes, we We do. We are argumentative and fussy bunch. But Jesus wanted us to live at peace with one another. So that we could do this very thing that he came to share with us. And this is our big idea for today. Big idea number four for the month is that Jesus came so the world could know God. Yep. All four of those things lead up to Jesus showing us who God is and who he wants to be with us in our lives. So put that big idea up on the screen because I'm going to need you guys to repeat it with me. You ready? Here we go. Jesus came. Jesus came. So the world. So the world. Could know God. Could know God. Let's do it again. Jesus came. Jesus came. So the world. So the world. Could know God. Could know God. All right, Pastor Kevin, tag your it because you're telling us a little bit about why we're doing what we're doing All right. So what we're doing today is we're introducing, um, um, well, actually, about a year and a half ago, God spoke to me. He spoke to me, one of the purposes of our church Mm -hmm. is to raise up what we call a Daniel generation. Now, a Daniel generation, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were four Hebrew children, and they lost their homeland. They were taken away from their home. They were taken away from their parents. They were taken away from their family. They were taken away from the place they grew up. They were taken away from their food. They were taken away from everything they knew. And they were put in a different land where they changed their names. They told them to act differently, eat differently, do everything differently. But something inside them apparently was impacted by God's power so much that they stood up to the culture and they followed God anyway. It's a Daniel generation, a people that will say, a generation that we're going to raise up here that are going to say, it doesn't matter what culture throws at us and what this world throws at us, we're going to follow God anyway. So much so that when Daniel was 70 years old, 70 years in, he was an old man. By then he's probably gumming his food. What do you think, Daniel? And anyway, they said, the only way we can get Daniel, the only thing we can accuse him of is the fact that he worships God and he prays. So three times a day, Daniel would kneel down and pray. And it says in Daniel, I think it's chapter 10, during the time of the evening sacrifice. Guys, adults, listen, there'd been no evening sacrifice for 70 years. The temple was destroyed. And 70 years later, Daniel was still praying at the time he was supposed to because God did a work on him when he was young. And that's what we wanted Harvest Ridge. The next generation 
for God to do a work on you young ladies and you young men so powerfully that even when you're old, you're still following Jesus. And that's what we're here to do today. So um, am, I, am I, oh yeah, all right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at a story from the Bible about how Jesus grew when he was your age. All right, so Jesus was 12 years old and he oh, grew. Time out. Time out. I got to tag in. You got to tag in because yes. you got to tell the other gotta, story. Yeah, yeah, we well, got to start set somewhere. Up the other story. Well, okay, right. so one, one really cool thing, and I just asked the Holy Spirit if he wanted me to share this again because I shared it in first service. Go for it. All of the things that were taken away from Daniel and his friends, we would, we would say are attached to our identity, right? Yep. His family, his food, his friends, his culture. All of the, even some of his physicality was changed in that process of being taken captive into this country of Babylon. But Daniel and, and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego remembered the most important thing, that though those things be stripped away from our lives, our identity is still that we are children of Yahweh. We are still children of the Most High God, yep. the creator of heaven and earth, and that can never, ever be taken from you. That's right. Never. All right, so to move on into our time this morning, whoa, boards and things. I have a story I wanna share with you, and to do that, I'm just gonna plop right down here because I have a friend in this bucket, and he's here to help me tell a story. And this morning, before he bites my arm off this time, um, we are going to be in the book of Luke because we're gonna start, we are gonna get to that story about a 12-year-old Jesus, but we're gonna review the starting point uh, of Jesus's life really quick because I know it's after Christmas but it's still Christmas and I still love this story because Jesus came to this world so that we could know God so we're gonna Luke in the book of Luke can you say that with me Luke, Luke in, in the, the book, book of Luke. Luke one more time Luke, Luke in, in the, the book, book of Luke. Luke okay calm down seriously you're gonna be all right you're gonna get to see everybody Jesse calm down it's gonna be okay. No, it's not Pastor Jesse. I didn't shrink him and put him in the bucket. No, this is my friend who's a little rambunctious about life and oh. Hi guys. Hi. Can you guys say hi? Hi Jesse. Okay. Keep keep it calm, Jesse, okay? Alright? Sure, whatever you say, boss. All right, so we're going to read the story of Jesus' birth really quick, okay? So in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while, yeah, I can't say that name, was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town. Hi, buddy. To register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to... Do you know it? Bethlehem. That's right, good job. Yeah, Bethlehem. So good, so good, yes. And to the town of David, because he was a part of the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, and while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Yep, that's right, the baby was on the way. No, the baby wasn't on the way, the baby came, dude. He was there, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so. When the baby was born, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them. Where? Um, really? You're asking a dog? Uh, yes, Jesse, I'm asking you. Well, um, so they didn't have room in the kennel? <laughs> no, Jesse, it was an inn. Oh, yeah, that's right, the inn. Okay. 
So they didn't have room for them in the inn. And nearby, there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Yep, that's right. That's what we were doing. Excuse me? What, did I stutter? No, but you said we. Yeah, I'm older than I look, okay? All right, all right. So you were out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks, and what happened? Do you remember? Yep, I do. Jesse, come on. Come back up. It's okay. They're not here now. But angels are scary! No, they're not. They're messengers from God. But they're big and scary and loud, and they brought light and everything, and they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, Teeth to men on whom his favor rests. Yipes! Wow. Well, I'm thank you for finishing off that story. What else happened afterwards? Not gonna say. Jesse, come on, buddy. You can do this. Fine. Then we went to Bethlehem and we found baby Jesus. You really found baby Jesus? <laughs> yes, like I said, I'm older then I look. Okay, all right. Now, when the shepherds found baby Jesus, the Bible says that afterwards, yeah, I know, they were blabbermouths. They couldn't stop talking about it to everyone we passed. And they woke all the neighbors up because it was the middle of the night. <laughs> all right, so that's our story leading up to what we're going to talk about today. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Yep, thanks so much. Oh, does that mean you're leaving now? Yes, it does. Bye, guys. Can you guys say bye to bye, Jesse? Bye, Jesse. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, my word. Ow. Seriously, dude, you got to calm down. All right, Pastor Kevin. Tag, now it's your turn to tell your part of the story. My part of the story? Well, what yes. happened next was Jesus grew up. He grew up. He didn't stay a baby in a manger. And the next time we find him, he's 12 years old. Now, we do something in here with the adults, and I'm going to ask you guys to do it with me. Would everybody in the room stand? Because we're going to read the Bible together. And this is a way we honor the Word of God. We honor the Scripture. So, Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went up to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was what? 12. So now we catch up with Jesus. He's 12 years old. And here he is, a 12-year-old boy. They went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And they were unaware of it. Now, I did this one time. Guys, listen to me. Listen to me. I was about 12 years old. And I was young, I was young, I was in seventh grade, and I got invited by the high school football coach to go travel to a football game that night with all of the high schoolers, and I was feeling big. So you know what I did? I said, sure, I'll go, but I didn't do something. You see, now what you would do is you'd probably pick up your phone that you have in your hand and call, right? But I didn't do that. I didn't call my mom. Back in those days, you had to go find a phone attached to a wall. 
Believe it or not, there was once a time that all phones were attached to walls and there were wires and you would go to that phone with a wire and you would pick it up and you'd go eight, seven, five. Anybody remember those days? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you would do that and then it would ring on the, and then there would be a phone attached to the wall at another location and that phone at the other location, they would pick up the phone and you could talk through a handset attached to a wall. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a cell phone, so I didn't call my mom, and I couldn't find a phone attached to a wall. So I said, I'm going to the football game, and didn't tell my mom. Oh, that wasn't a good day, because when I'm about to get on the bus, the coach is in the office, and there comes ring, ring of the phone, and guess what happened? The coach picked it up, and it was my mom saying, is Kevin there with you? And the coach said, yeah, I invited him to the football game. Didn't he ask you? I was in trouble. Now, I tell you that story because of this. Here they were. They were thinking he was in their company, so they traveled on for a day. And when they began looking for him among their relatives and friends, and they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after how many days? So a day travel out and a day travel back and three days looking. Three days he's lost, maybe five. Ooh, that's not good. He, don't you bet baby, uh, 12-year-old Jesus was in trouble? Yes, he was. So after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers and listening to them and asking questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? You notice they don't have Joseph's words. <laughs> your father and I have been searching anxiously for you why were you searching for me he asked didn't you know I had to be in my father's house but they did not understand what he was saying to them so notice this everybody notice this he went down to Nazareth with them and was what obedient to them and then his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And then our verse, we're going to take off and end today. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Father, I pray you'd add your blessing to your word. And I pray that we would be able to share a couple of thoughts today so that all ages would hear and understand it. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. But before you do, turn to somebody, give them a big smile, maybe a high five. Maybe let them know you like them. There you go. There we go. Right. High five. I do like them. <laughs> So the memory? Yep. All right. So next step is our memory verse. We've been working on this all month long with our Catalyst kids. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Let's get that up on the screen so we can memorize this together. Glory to God. Glory to God. In the highest heaven. In the highest heaven. And on earth. And on earth. Peace to those. Peace to those. On whom. On whom. His favor rests. His favor rests. Luke 2. Luke 2. 14. 14. Let's do it again. Glory to God. Glory to God. In the highest heaven. In the highest heaven. And on earth. And on earth. Peace to those. Peace to those. On whom his favor rests. On whom his favor rests. Luke 2. Luke 2. 14. 14. All right. And that's a great verse, especially for this whole month, because we give glory to God and God brings us peace and life and right. hope and joy and himself. And that's just a wonderful thing. That's one of the reasons we wanted to stick that verse in our minds and in our hearts with our kids. So I got something I want you to take a look at. We're going to put a picture up on the screen next. 
all right? And this picture is all, you know, pretty and fancy, and it's, it's called the finding of the Savior, okay? So in this picture, we're seeing what it might have looked like when his parents, when, when Jesus' parents found him at the temple. You see all the, the leaders and the teachers are there, and Joseph, Joseph is standing behind Jesus with this, like, mm-hmm, all right, son, we're going to take care of this when we get home. Yep. And Mary is like holding on to her son and, and she's just happy that he's there. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of history about this because when I initially looked at this picture, I kind of wrote some of the things off, but I found out that the artist, William Holman Hunt, traveled to Jerusalem to do research for six whole years. Wow. He spent six years in the culture, in the temple, talking to people, learning what family culture was like, doing everything that he could so he could represent this moment in the scriptures to the best of his artistic ability. And whenever you look at a picture or a painting or a work of art, every, everybody senses something. So I want to ask you what your senses tell you about this moment in history this morning. Kids in the room, if you were Jesus in that picture right now, what do you think you would be feeling? Kids and teenagers, teens, you can feel free to speak up on this. Anybody have any ideas? What would you be feeling? Because I know what I would be feeling, but I'm going to save that for a minute later. Anybody brave? Anybody want to tell me? What, what are we thinking? Yeah? Harper, what? You'd be scared. Why do you think you'd be scared, Harper? Because there's lots of people. Fair enough. Fair enough. The temple was full there's of people. There's another back there in red. <laughs> and I quote, I would be nervous because my mom would kick my butt. Yeah, Jane? Or is that Emma? Jane? A little overwhelmed? Yeah, yeah. I get that. Good. Caleb, one more. <laughs> in case you didn't hear that, he said, I'd be a little worried because my mom would probably yell at me until I fell asleep and died. <laughs> I might be a little dramatic, but I, I get the feeling because as a kid, I remember moments like this and oh boy, I knew I was in for it. My stomach was inside out and upside down and I was in trouble. How about moms in the room? Moms, what do you think you would be feeling at this moment? Uh, that was the same exact word from first service. Every mom in the room said the same thing. Relief. All right, dads, it's your turn. What's going through your brains? Rage. <laughs> Somebody said it. Anger, rage. What else? Anything else? Five days I've been looking for this kid. Gonna let the donkey drag him home. <laughs> Any other thoughts? There's a lot of feelings and things that happen because this is real. This was a real moment in the life and story of Jesus and what happened here, what happened in Joseph's heart and Mary's heart and Jesus's heart and mine and in the hearts and minds of those at the temple. They, it was real. It's not just a story in a book. And so we feel those things because they did. And I'm sure even though he didn't think he did anything wrong, as we heard from 12-year-old Jesus, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? I'm sure he still felt like, uh-oh, maybe I'm going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's time for a little game. So I've asked a few people before we got started 
if they would want to play a game, now's the time for you to come on up to the front. Because we're going to just take a break from the series for a second, and we're going to have a little bit of shenanigans and fun. Okay? Here, we're going to rotate that so that we can have everybody see them. And I'm going to... Ooh. Oh. There we go. Push the power buttons and things. Uh, okay. So I picked one, two, three, and four. So you young ladies, you can wait right over here by Pastor Kevin. Everybody else, find a buzzer. Yep, we'll find a way to swap you in. Don't you worry. So we're going to do this. I wasn't able to get the buzzer to work, so. Some, uh, here, you're up on this. This is your yellow first. Hold on. Power button's on. Let let's Pastor see. Caleb do it. Let's see. There, the lights went off. One, two, three, four. Technology works. Wait a minute. We're using yellow. Not, not orange. There we go. All right. Test the buzzer. All right, so then you'll have, yours went off, then you'll have 10 seconds to answer, okay? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna be up on our screen. It's gonna be a phrase, okay? And your job is to figure out what Bible story I'm talking about. Now, it's gonna have minimal amounts to do with the Bible story. This is called Bad Bible Translator for the rest of the room, since you already saw it on the, uh, on the screen. And this is gonna be a lot of fun. So, you guys ready? You think you can get this? Okay. Here we go. I'm going to read the first one. Next slide. Number one. Marching band crushes the competition with one note. Buzz in at any point. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be tricky. And the walls came up. What? Man, I think I might have just aged myself. Yeah, what story is that? Push your buzzer. Uh, um, you know, and the walls came a tumbling down. Jericho. And Jericho. Yeah, yeah, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Thank you, sir. All right, next slide, please. Let's see. Hodgepodge group of construction workers fail to reach new heights on a building project due to poor communication. Buzz in. Go. One with the languages and God doesn't let. They want to reach the heaven, but God didn't let them, so they switched their languages. I don't know. The it's story. the tower. Uh, the tower of. Uh, Babel. Babel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. All right. Next one. We're gonna keep going. They found themselves naked and afraid in paradise. Ooh, Caleb. Um, Adam and Eve. Ah, that's right, Adam and Eve. That's one of the easier ones. Okay, you guys with me? You get the idea yet? Okay, here we go. Number four. Big bully is put in his place by a boy and his rock collection. <laughs> Ten uh, seconds. It's, uh, it's, they throw rocks at him until he... <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay, time's up. Anybody want to give second. another try? David. Go ahead. Okay. Um, they throw rocks at him. Nope, 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 nope. But Try again. Try again. Try again. He was a really Goliath. tall guy. He David was like nine feet tall, and he was a bully, and he was yelling at people. And oh, it's, um, the, the, nope, Goliath. no, Joseph. What? What? It, Goliath is a part of it, but what was the kid's name? David. David. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Way to help it out. Next slide, please. David and Goliath was right. Crowded house party becomes lit when a guy on a magic carpet ride drops in from above. Um, when, she, when, um, they, when, when Jesus saves the guy from 
Yes, that's it. Do you want to switch out? Yep. All right. So we're going to switch out a couple here. Um, you there. switch out with Audrey. Jane, switch out with Allie. And Emma, come over and switch out with Caleb. All right? And you can be a helper. You can still help. Turn All right? So side. if you guys this, know the answer. Move over to this side so they can you see can you. Help. There you go. All right? Here goes. Number six. Let's do this. All right. Surprise bun in the oven piques the interest of farmers and royalty near and far. Hit it, hit it. Come on, Buzzer. Go ahead. Jesus was born. The story of Jesus was born. Yes, that's exactly right. Jesus born. Birth of Jesus. Yep. Next slide, please. One kid's lunch turns into the craziest potluck for the masses. All right. Pie, Okay, you're tagging out, kid. You're getting too. <laughs> you're, you're too good. Allie, come back over here. Yeah, you were. You were. You did great. You did great. All right. Did great. Number eight. We got three left. A floating zoo took a trip no one thought would happen. I'm not telling you. You. Oh, think. hold on. Hold on. Hands up. Hands up. Hands up. Go. Oh, Allie. Noah and the Ark, that's right. That's right, good job. Don't worry, Jane, you'll get you another shot. I'm not telling you All right, you number you nine, got... number nine. This a is... mud facial really helped open his eyes to the world around him. Oh, I know this one. All right, Jane. Healed him. Jesus healed him? Yeah. Was he? Blind. He... Yes! <laughs> Jesus heals that blind guy. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Jane. Woo! All right, last one, ladies and gents. Here goes, last one. You ready? Oh, don't buzz in yet. <laughs> you gotta wait, little preemptive. Regurgitated fish food stubbornly delivers a message. Go ahead, Jane. I think it would be maybe the angels. Nope, nope. not the angels, not this time. What the heck? All right, <laughs> try again. Who was eaten by a fish? Regurgitated fish food. Put your buzz in, buzz in, buzz in. Buzz in, push the buzzer. There you go. I oh, your helpers. Say it in the microphone, nice and loud. Jonah and the whale. Yes! <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's give them a round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, you can head back to your seats. Good job, guys. Good job. Good job. Oh. They all left me hanging. Good job, guys. Not that one. All right. Whoa, throwing stuff. Easy, Tiger. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> So our story today is a little story of our own. Just to, have you ever have you ever lost? You know they lost Jesus, and then Jesus is going to tell a story later on in Matthew or in Luke chapter fifteen about a dad that lost his son too. And I wonder if oh you've lost? Have you ever lost one of your children? Yes, and he's only three. Tell me, not twelve, three. And uh, okay, so. Um, Last summer, in August, at the church picnic, you know, we've got a lot of church family hanging around. I've been keeping an eye on my son, and it's time to clean up and leave, and I'm seeing a lot of people go, and all of a sudden I notice I can't find my son. And so I'm running around looking for Luke and trying to contain all the panic and, and fury and rage and where is my son in the middle of my chest so that I don't scare my wife, but I'm scared. And because he's three, he's small, he's... This world is big and he's little and, and it's just, it starts tying me up on the inside. And I'm, I am spitting mad. I'm ready to punch somebody in the face if they've hurt my son. Like, 
I'm ready to scoop him up and like hold him close. Like there was. You thought was maybe somebody mess. had taken him I, and all he, kinds he, of things. He might have gotten How long the was he gone? Car. He was gone five minutes. Oh wow! <laughs> five days, five minutes. Okay, so you know that feeling, and you had the anger and the tension and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, you know, um, this story, our story today, reminds us that at some point we're going to be one of both positions. Yeah. At some point in the world. You're going to be the lost one or the lost son or lost daughter. And at some point, there's going to be somebody you love that's lost. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to learn what you do when you're in both situations. What happens if you're the lost one? And by doing that, we're going to look at the two stories. One story is Jesus um, in the temple. How did he respond? But before we get to that, let's look at the story of the lost son in Luke chapter 15. So we all wander from God, right? Yes. Um, it, you said it. We all wander. We find this out in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And in fact, before that, in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, where it's right in the middle of the prophecy concerning Jesus, and this shoot will come out of the stump of Jesse, and, and he will do all of these things, and he will bring his people back to him. But all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Hold on, wait. You're saying we're bad... Yes. <laughs> uh, we all like sheep yeah. have gone astray. So we've all wandered. And if we've all wandered off, I mean, I, I even struggle sometimes to keep my focus on Jesus. So if we've all wandered off, what do we do? Well, I tell you what, if you're wandering off and you're ever the lost one, here's what you do. There are only two responses. Number one, you submit. And number two, you obey. You submit and obey. That's what we do. So in Luke chapter 15, verse 18, the lost son says, I will set out and I will go back to my father. And then in Luke 15, 18, it also says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So what you do is, you, sometimes you have to go back, you have to say, I was wrong. And then he went back and he said, I've done wrong against you. I submit and I obey. So if you've ever been the lost one, what do you have to do? You have to submit to God and you have to obey him. And then what do you do? Well, this next thing is you have to grow. It's one thing to repent and return, but at some point you have to grow. So in Luke chapter 15, 19, the son said, make me like one of your hired servants. In other words, I will do whatever you tell me to do. So that was his response. What was Jesus's response? Um, Jesus' response was um, also to submit and obey. So Jesus said in Luke chapter, it said of Jesus in Luke 2, 51, uh, he went down to Nazareth and he was obedient to him. So when Jesus was lost and his parents found him, what did he do? He went back and he was obedient. He submitted. He did what he was told. Now, guys, I know none of us like this, but the only way you're ever going to grow in this life is when you realize you're the lost one and you realize that you're wrong, you admit it and you do right. And then the next thing Jesus did was he grew. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. We've all had these moments, right? As, a, as a, a kid, you said your dad used to tell you something when, when, when you were caught and you had done something wrong. What would he say? He would say two simple words. Prove it. So I don't know about you guys, but I am a prolific sorrier. I say sorry way too much in life. All right, and so at a certain point, and my wife yells at me all the time for this, but at a certain point that word begins to lose meaning because yes. it's just saying sorry because there's no change in what we're doing. 
There's no change in behavior. But what my dad wanted me to do, he knew I was submissive. He got that part. And he knew I wanted to be obedient. But he wanted me to grow. Right. So he passed those two words on to me. He said, prove it. Do something about it. And we can keep going from there. That was all my dad wanted me to do. He knew I would submit. He knew I would obey, or at least try to. Uh, <laughs> but he wanted me to grow and grow past what I was stuck in and prove that something had changed. So if you're ever lost, what are you going to do? If you're ever the lost one, you're going to submit, return to your father, submit to him, and you're going to grow. Mm -hmm. I didn't say you're going to be perfect. I said you were going to grow. <laughs> one next step. Well, then there are other times that we find ourselves that we have someone we've lost, that we've lost a relationship or something has gone wrong. How do we respond to that when we have lost something that we greatly cherish or someone we cherish? Well, when someone we love has done something that is against God's best, uh, silly or unwise, as we like to say, there are two things that we can do. Number one is we care about the lost one. And that's like, why even bring that up? Why, why do we have to mention that? Well, because Luke 15, 20 reminds us that the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Now, this guy's son, he wasn't a kid. He was an adult. And he had taken in his inheritance and he'd run off with it and he'd really messed things up and came back broke, dirt poor, and covered in pig yuck. Okay? But his father saw him and for all the moments of frustration, anger, rage, why is this kid doing this to me? What is he doing? Why? He's not thinking. He's not using a clear head. For all of those things, he had compassion right. on his son. And he cared for him. So if there's someone in our lives, that's step one, that we, are, that we see as a lost one, we have compassion on them. We care for them. And second, that leads us into something active. We care, but then it leads us to do something. We seek out the lost one. In Luke 2.48, it says that Mary, Mary spoke to her son this way. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Right. Later on in John, uh, Luke chapter 15, before the, the lost son story, Jesus said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in, op right. in the open country and go after the lost one until he finds it? Seek them out. And if that's through prayer, if that's through getting a cup of coffee, if that's because you have to ignore some of the silly choices that they're making at the time, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, in any valley, in any moment of darkness or lostness, whatever it takes, because this is the heart of the Father who loves us all. Right. We, he cares about us, and he did whatever it took to open that gateway back home, for he is the gate. Jesus said it himself. He sent his son because he sought the lost ones. Pastor Kevin, I think you have a story about seeking a lost yeah, one. Yeah, you know, I, Pastor Matt was not always six foot five. <laughs> really? He was once a little boy, and we were at the beach, and it was the boardwalk of the beach. It was Jersey City, and it was crowded summer, and it was crowded, crowded. We had a group of us, just like the story of Jesus. There were a group of us. My wife's two brothers were there, and their kids, and my uh, Gammy was there, and our family, and there was a whole bunch of us just moving down the boardwalk together. Well, we went into this one store, and Pastor Matt saw some animals. And if you knew Pastor Matt when he was young, <laughs> animals were it. 
So we've moved on out of the store and our little group goes down the boardwalk. We're not talking about church family for five minutes. We're talking about literally thousands of people by Atlantic City, New Jersey. All right. This was not your nicest crowd at times. And it was a little crazy. There were people everywhere and we had no kid. And my wife was about ready to lose it. Well, no, she was losing it. I will be honest. She was losing it. She was on the verge of tears. And for about five, six minutes, we didn't even know he wasn't with us. And then we started looking for him and we couldn't find him. Finally, two stores back, we walked through and there he was looking at the animals where he had left them about probably 10 minutes before. Thousands of people had walked past I'm not underestimating that. There were a lot of people. And when we found them, Robin was relieved and I was angry. It was Joseph and Mary all over again. And I was thinking, how can I beat him without my wife being mad that I'm beating my son? (laughs) Because she's so happy we found him. But that story reminds me of this because I will tell you, I was a little bit relieved too. Because when you're the lost one, God wants to find you. He really does. He loves you and he wants to find you. And if you're in this space today and you're a lost one and and you're not obeying, maybe you've been running from God or maybe by accident you got separated from God. I want to invite you today to return to him and have a relationship with him. And that starts by doing this, just simply opening your heart and saying, okay, God, I submit. Okay, God, I submit. I'll come home. Okay, God, I'll be your child, I submit. And if in your heart you prayed that prayer right now, God heard you, he answered you, he's receiving you to himself. You need to tell somebody today that you prayed that prayer and you meant it because the next step is to grow. There's some things you need to do to grow. Now, Pastor Caleb's gonna lead us in a prayer for So because of these moments, we get a wonderful glimpse of of God, who through the life of his own son showed us the heart of the most loving father of all, and uh, who is here so we might know him and make him known. So this morning, I wanted to take a second and pray with with those of us who are seeking a lost one, Um, those of us who might be sitting in that seat of the loving someone. Father, mother, sister, brother, doesn't matter who. We actually got to pray with someone who was praying for her brother at the end of last service. Um, Because people matter. We care. Right. And so I want to pray with you this morning really quick over those lost ones. Heavenly Father, thank you for being who you are and showing us your love, your grace in these moments and letting us know that you always care and you are always here. God, I pray for this, these people in this room this morning, if there's a lost one in their life, Lord, that you would give them the courage, the faith, the strength to seek them out. God, to, to pursue them with love, grace, mercy, and everything that you pursued them themselves with so that this person who is lost, who is a lost one, might come home. God, I pray that you would give them strength and encouragement throughout this time and that they would look to you to find this lost one. Heavenly Father, we bring them to you this morning and we leave them in your hands because we know you care so much for them. In your name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. All right, so last thing to do today, if you're under the age of 18, stand up. Come on. If you're under the age of 18, stand up in the place. Young men, young ladies around this room standing up right now. 
And here's what we're going to do. We believe at Harvest Ridge, you are not the next generation. You are the now generation. We love you. We believe in you. We want to give you the best. All right, so you're below the age of 18. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to go lay a hand on the shoulder of one of these 18-year-olds, and we're going to pray for them. And then I'm going to lead us in a prayer. The prayer is going to be, Jesus caused them to grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. All right? So all those that are standing up, those little ones, come on, young men, young ladies are standing. Come on, adults, gather around somebody. Find one. No kid, no teen, no young lady, no young man in this room doesn't have somebody praying for them. Move. I don't care. I don't care if you feel uncomfortable. Lay a hand on their shoulder. Do it. None of them are alone. Come on. No, nobody alone here. All right. Jesus, we pray right well, now. This includes a couple of our camera operators, too, because we might have those under 18 on, on camera, so we yeah. don't want to miss them. Somebody get over to a camera operator. We got Sick them. Right there. Get them, yeah. Come on, adults, move. There you go. Jesus, we pray right now over every young man and young lady in this room that they would not be a lost one. They would be glued to you and your kingdom and your love and your goodness every day of their life. And we pray that they would grow in wisdom, that they would have sharp, keen minds, and they would have something that's very rare today called common sense, that you would give them brains, and you would give them understanding, and you would give them minds to understand and to know even complex things and to have their minds turned toward you. I pray, God, that you would help them to grow in stature, cause their physical bodies to be healthy and strong and keep them from sickness and disease and things that would harm them in body or in spirit. We pray that they would grow in favor with man. Would you give them pleasant personalities and let them be the kind of people that are nice and easy to be around. And God, give them personalities of strength as well. Nice doesn't mean weak. Nice means that they love and care for those around them and give them that kind of personality. And last of all, God, I pray that they would grow in favor with God, that they would be filled with the Holy Ghost, they would be saved, they would be fire-breathing the Holy Ghost, Pentecostals, every day of their life, walking in the power and the love of Jesus, and in the security of their identity wrapped up in you. And you, Lord, would love them and give them the best, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now that we've done all the serious stuff, can we celebrate one more time and have a little fun? Yeah, let's do it. We practiced at the beginning. Let's wrap it up this morning with our, our, uh, our fun worship song.